This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We are back today and we're talking about a new topic, and this is a little more uh, on the theological side and thinking about faith. Yeah. You remember that old song by George Michael? I don't know. You gotta have faith. Oh, yes. Okay. And yeah. then for you right. really hit people out there, you remember <laughs> Limp Biscuit remade it? Just kidding. Oh, well, they did, but it's not good. Anyways, I'm like, but, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, that was before You're not a my Biscuit time, head? So, no? I don't know. When, not, when, you know, when, did, they, when did that song come out, or when did they play? You know? Oh, I don't know. I think Limp Biscuit was, was popular from uh, November... 2000 to January 2001. Okay. <laughs> so it was a long time ago. I was ago. three years old. Yeah, so you missed so it. That's like, right. You missed it. You missed it. That's fine. That's okay. That's, that's okay. Fine. But yeah, but we are going to talk about faith, and you do got to have it. Yeah, and of so course you do. And so we're going to get into that that's today. That's so yeah. true. And again, in case you guys didn't know this already, uh, we are your hosts, Tyler Hurley and Robbie Lashua. Yes, I'm obviously significantly older than Tyler. That's true. Because he doesn't know who Limp Bizkit That's is. true. Today is actually Robbie's birthday. It is. As, as a matter yep. of fact. I'm, so I'm, he's I'm that 76. much older. Six years old. Yeah, wow, you're getting there. Now. Yeah, I mean, you look great for your age, though. That's what I think. That's what I say every year. Right? That's great. Well, happy birthday, Thanks, Robbie. Bro. Thanks for everything you do, the service to the podcast and the ministry that you put out, all the evidence and knowledge that you give. We're I'm really thankful for that, too, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. Thanks, man. Thankful for you. Thankful to have made it another year. Yeah, sweet. So, but when I die and go to be with Jesus, it's going to be pretty nice. I'm sure it so, will be. Anyways, so, I mean, that's yeah. something you look forward to. Just minus the negative aspects of death. Like yeah, pain. like the actual dying part. Yeah, then yeah. once it's over, it's like, Once okay. it's over, it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, we are so excited, though, to get into the topic today. But before that, again, this is Christ Culture and Coffee. Mm-hmm. So... We want to get into a coffee tip. Robbie, you've got that for our listeners today. What is the coffee tip? Yes, I do. So there is this common urban myth out there that caffeine in coffee is a very strong diuretic. I've heard that too. I've heard it from a lot of people. It's actually not true. Unless you're drinking copious amounts of it. Okay. Well, okay. I feel like that's with anything, though. Yeah. If, well, I mean, yeah. If you eat, if you eat eight plums, you're also gonna have the same <laughs> problem. Yeah. Right? Well, like, <laughs> of course. If you drink twenty Gatorades, like, yeah, of course. Um, it, it is kind of the same <laughs> of having anything in excess. But yeah, a lot of times people thought that having caffeine uh, led to uh, it being a diuretic, especially in coffee. It's not necessarily true. There's studies that show like that um, it doesn't really alter. Anything, unless you're drinking a ton of it. And so don't let that Hmm. keep you. This is what I want to do. This is a public service announcement, coffee tip. Because if you're going on a road trip and you're thinking, oh, I can't have coffee because that'll make me need to stop to use the restroom more than a, Hmm. you know, a soda or an iced tea or something, it won't. You can go ahead and have that coffee. So don't let that fear detour you from drinking the greatest beverage known to man. Well, it's funny you mention that because, like, I don't think I've ever thought twice about drinking coffee on a road trip. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm like, I'm neither have yeah. I. Now, again, you're, you're consuming liquid, so you're going to need to stop yeah. to use the restroom no well, matter what you're that. drinking. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. so, uh, but that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's just something I never thought of. But maybe 
the real issue here is that people are loading up their coffee with too much milk and cream and whatever and all that other junk. Maybe that's what's... That's part of it. Maybe, yeah. Could maybe be. that's what's the diuretic in Maybe there. it's all the sugar people <laughs> get at Dutch Bros. Who knows, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. There's a lot of factors to it, but it's not the caffeine. So let's not blame the caffeine in the coffee. Wow, yeah. That is yep. very so interesting. So that's, that's your coffee tip public service announcement for the day. Wow, I like that. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, as for the topic today, yes. we, are, we are very excited again to get into this. It's all yeah. about faith. And now it, we're not just going to be talking about just faith in general, but the idea of are Christians believing in a blind faith or mm. do we have an evidential faith? Yeah, there's so much misconception about the word faith. Like even in like if you watch like Hallmark movies and stuff, oh, yeah. they have this idea that faith is like... It's almost like wishful thinking. Yeah, that's yeah. the idea. Like, and even like you know, signs people put in their house: believe, <laughs> yeah, right. faith, and yeah. and Christians a lot of times it means believe in something specific. But sure. people put yeah. this stuff up or stickers on places or whatever, and you're like, believe in what? Like, it's not. It's just. It's not like just an activity. It's you have to do it, it yeah. in something. You're trusting in something. But this idea of faith, yeah, is it's just kinda, out there in culture. Yeah, it's just kind of like this mystical, magical, like Disney kind of idea, yeah. you know? No, it is. Yeah. Well, and so that's that's one of the things I was thinking about this week. So my three-year-old daughter, Elsie, right now she is a fanatic about these Tinkerbell movies on Disney+. Plus. Oh, have you seen go. these? I have. Uh, They're yeah. pretty good, actually. Yeah. I kind of enjoy them. They're nice and light. And Anyway, <laughs> um, so she, yeah, so she dresses up like Tinkerbell. She dances around with the song. She watches it. But in, in, in this, and even in Peter Pan, they say this phrase that is nonsense, but it kind of gets to the idea of how our culture views faith, right? They say all you need to fly yeah. is faith, trust, and pixie dust. But then they also say, oh, and think happy thoughts. So it's not yeah, all, right. you, all you yeah. need, but whatever. That's, not, that's, no, all right. that's not it. But I kept thinking of that faith, trust, pixie dust. Faith, trust, pixie pixie dust and it rhymes because of the ust and trust and the dust yeah yeah so, so there's clever yeah it's clever yeah, it really rhymes like. but faith and trust aren't that different from one another <laughs> so they're just basically being redundant you need to have trust and trust and pixie yeah, dust but, but that's that's actually a great point because you know it's cultural slogans or sayings like that which which really is harmless like Disney sure. wasn't no, trying to he wasn't trying to mislead people on some no no, no. like like mystical theological concept but yeah. it in actuality, when as a culture we have these kind of phrases that we utter as a, a norm, it kind of blends into the background with what's what we perceive as truth, right? Yeah. Yep. So people are going to think when you hear that faith, trust, pixie dust, they're going to think, okay, faith and trust are kind of the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, they are the same thing. Um, yeah, but well, here yeah, they're just course. making them, yeah, into these different. <laughs> these different categories of things where faith is wishful thinking, right? And again, it's interesting to think about. I was talking with some <clears throat> philosophy guys from Grand Canyon once, and they were talking about, now this gets a little interesting, but they were saying yeah. it's really fascinating to dissect, because this, this is what philosophers do. Yeah, yeah. It's right. really, they said, it's really interesting if you start to dissect what's the difference between a hope and a wish. <laughs> right? Wow, yeah, I laugh because I, I like, what is the difference? Yeah, I mean... It's interesting because if you think about it, I think that a hope is something that you want to happen that could happen. Yeah. Or that you have reasons for uh, anticipating. Yeah. And a wish is something you would like to happen, but you don't have really good reason for happening. Yeah, I would agree with that. Right? Like, like I think there's a difference in saying 
I have hope that I will get a million dollars versus I wish that I will get a million dollars. And I think everybody understands the concept of that. There's a big difference there. If you're saying, I hope I can get a million dollars, that kind of sounds like, hey, maybe you're putting your faith in something like, did you enter the lottery or did you invest in something? But if if you hear someone say... I wish I could get a million dollars. Then you know automatically you're like, oh, they're just they're, they're just wishful thinking. Yeah, there's like, hey, no maybe. chance, right? Yeah, and yeah. That's, and that's really what what faith gets regulated to this wishful thinking, yeah, fanciful yeah. nonsense, nice sincerity. Yeah, uh, I and, think that's and, a fair and so statement. The question becomes: Is that what is that what biblical faith is? Is that what Christianity it says faith is? Is that what we mm. should as Christians uh, be placing trust in? Just hope, well, maybe, I don't really have a reason to, but I'd like it to be, so I'm going to stick with, Right. I hope not, because that's a terrible way to live your life. <laughs> yeah, right? I would say so, yeah. for sure. Well, and there's been many attacks on Christianity as to our faith, and part of it is our fault. Um, mm. I wouldn't say Christianity, I wouldn't say Scripture teaches a blind faith mentality, but there are a lot of Christians who don't investigate why they believe what they believe, and yeah. they put off, they exude this idea of blind faith, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't, have to, I don't have to know everything. I just have to trust it hard and sincere. And it's like, no, yeah. like yeah. that's stupid. No, like, that's, you should have reasons for what you That's absolutely true. I, I think, um, and I think you and I have seen this a lot being in apologetics. It's like people in the church just don't understand these concepts and yeah. that we have evidence for what we're believing in. Yep. And, and you do come to find that a lot. Like when I was younger, especially like, like, probably middle school, pre-apologetic days where I, mm-hmm. uh, before I knew very much and was just learning. Uh, some of the arguments I would get into with some friends or family members, it wouldn't be based off of like evidence I would say, uh, well, I just believe it because the Bible says that. And sure. I, I don't think that's a good answer at all. No, it's not. That's not yeah, satisfying not at all. not a good answer, yeah. Yeah, and like in the same way as a kid, hearing from their parent, like you have to do so because, because I told you so or because I'm your dad or because sure. I'm your mom. That's, that, I mean, no... I know a lot of people give that answer because it's like, hey, I get to decide what's like important for you. But sometimes not having that explanation yeah. and understanding and just giving the cop out or like quick answer and saying, hey, because I'm your parent, you have to do as I say. Yes. They don't respect that. They're like, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And so yeah. in the same way, it's like, no, you need to have good answers for what you believe in. Yeah, you really do. And yeah. you need to know what you're trusting in, right? Yeah. And so... Atheists make this claim against us all the time that Christianity is just nonsense and oh, it's yeah. just blind yeah. faith and it's an anti-intellectual is what they always say. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, if you become a Christian, you're committing intellectual suicide. Yeah, or anti-science. You, you, yeah. You're a science denier. Yeah, you hate yeah, truth and you're afraid of where it leads. And it's like, well, no, that's not true at all. <laughs> that's not what Christianity is about, right? But our friend Richard Dawkins, he's got some interesting quotes about yeah. what he says Christians believe in regards to faith. Yeah, let me read Read that real quick. Uh, Richard Dawkins said, "Blind trust, in in reference to Christian faith, is blind trust in the absence of evidence, even in the teeth of evidence." That's a strong statement. That's very right? strong. Is, a- adding is, on in the teeth of evidence yeah. makes it even more like it's destroying you. It's eating you alive. And even when you're in the teeth, 
you won't admit it. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what he's doing. It's like, that's what he's doing. It's like, I, I picture, Strong. I, again, I like now that we're talking about Disney so much, I picture some like Disney villain like like pressing his hands or rubbing his hands together like, yeah. <laughs> in the teeth <laughs> yeah. of evidence. You yep. don't know. It's my like, trust. <laughs> and you don't have any evidence and you actually are yeah. getting shredded by my evidence. Right, right. And then, and then reading on, on. Yeah. yeah, and then reading on, he also said, faith is the great cop-out. The great excuse to evade the need to think and evaluate evidence. Faith is belief in spite of, even perhaps because of, lack of evidence. Yeah, and now this is interesting. Um, That is not what the Christian tradition has been, and that is not what Christianity, especially according to the Bible, teaches about faith. It is how some Christians act. So I can't fault yeah. him entirely on this. Like we were saying earlier, this is what some Christians exude in their life because they haven't taken time to investigate why they believe what they believe. They're blindly following what others have told them. And yeah. maybe these others are very kind and maybe these others have thought through it, right? Yeah. But each of us individually should look into why do we believe what we believe? What am I placing yes. my faith in? And is it something worth placing my faith in or am I just blindly following people yeah I was uh, and, I, and I don't want to be like that and that like that's where I always get to I, I love talking with atheists or Muslims or 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 uh, Mormons because I, I always try to tell them listen if if Mormonism's true if Islam's true if atheism's true I really want to know that and I want to follow that I want to put my faith yeah. in what's real not in fairy tales Oh, yeah. I completely get that. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's the quest of all human beings is to discover what's true and live accordingly. Yeah, and well, that's the thing. I think something that uh, a lot of Christians can relate to mm-hmm. is almost all across the board, even if it with like little to no apologetic knowledge, pe- people have the concept of understanding mostly mm-hmm. in the church that atheism isn't true. Yeah. By, by their their worldview. And so from the Christian perspective of someone who's not educated in apologetics and thinks that atheists are just walking blindly in their faith, there's a lot of Christians out there that are doing the exact same thing. Yeah, that's true. And think, hey, like, like atheists don't understand what they fully believe when in actuality they don't understand. And yeah. it's and that's the that's what I think uh Richard Dawkins has seen examples of because yes. that is present in the church. However, that's not Christianity. No, it's not. And 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 you see people will say they'll they will use faith, like he says, as a cop out at times. Yeah. Because what'll happen is is he'll be asking for evidence and they'll get to a point where they don't know. Yeah. And instead of saying uh, I don't know. That's interesting. Let me go investigate it. Yeah. They get flustered and they say, what? I just well, have faith. Listen, I just have faith in it. All right. End of discussion. And it's a, it is a discussion stopper, but it's not yeah. a good answer. <laughs> it's no, it's not. It's not a good answer. Yeah. yeah. It's just saying, I'm going to believe in this just blindly, even though I don't fully understand it. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this idea? So yeah. in our culture, um, Especially like with movies, and you, yeah, you know, there's all those yeah. Hallmark Christmas movies that are always about a girl who doesn't have a date, and then she finds, and she just has this. I just know he's out there. I just have wishful, hopeful faith, belief, uh, you know, um, and it's based on a feeling. And it's interesting to me how faith or belief it is a cognitive thing. It's a, yeah. I understand these truths to be what they are, and I'm putting my trust in them. But our culture has made faith or belief into an emotion. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is a thought process, 
uh, it is a mental thing and it's been made into a feeling. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like yeah. I, I completely see that. It's it's kind of a, it, like you said, in that whole romantic mm-hmm. idea of faith uh, uh, being like this wishful thinking that a, a lover will come and seek you out. Like, yep. uh, um, like I think of, um, like I think of Shrek, right? The mm-hmm. movie Shrek. So Fiona in the movie has like this wishful thinking, like, oh, one day, uh, so I'm locked away in a tower, mm-hmm. and then my Prince Charming is going to come and rescue me, right? Yeah. And that's a classic fairy tale kind of story. Yeah. And it, usually in the stories, it happens. But the reason that that's fictional and like in, in fantasy, you don't really see that happen in real life that someone gets locked away in a town. No, you know? and her it, sincerity of that belief doesn't make it happen. No, no. Now, if she knew there was a guy out there who liked her and he said, hey, I'm going to come back in a year and she's excited and anticipating and hopeful yes. that he's going to come back soon, that's different. But just this idea that, like, can you imagine anybody doing that now? Like, oh, I'm just going to sit locked away in my room and someday some dude in armor is going to come and knock on my door no he's not no like you're crazy like that's not that's not how life is you, you have no reason to think that that's going to happen yeah and that, then if that does it's not because of your sincere uh oomph that you put into a belief yeah it's not like like it's not like by you thinking upon something or meditating or stressing it mm-hmm. just wishfully yeah that it's going to happen no because you can be sincere but you can be sincerely wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. So so this is this is a huge point I think for all of us is that our faith is only as strong as the object that we're placing our faith in. Mm. Or for Christians, the person that we're placing yeah. our faith in. So it isn't my faith that saves me. It's Jesus who saves me. Yeah. And by yeah. trusting that he can and will and has done it, right? He did die on the cross for yeah. me. He did pay for my sins, and he will resurrect my body. I believe in what he did for me, so the facts, I trust him with that. That's what saves me, not be, not my faith, though. It's him that saves me. Yes, and a lot of yes. people think it's the, my sincere belief that does the magic. No, because the difference here, Robbie, what you're describing, and what I guess the cultural idea is of faith, is that... The culture sees it as we're just hoping mm-hmm. or like wishing, wish, wishing, yeah, wishing yeah. that there, there is some magical God force that is going to pull us into salvation when yeah. we die, right? Yeah. But in actuality, we have hope based off of evidence yes. through, that, that supports these ideas that we can be with Jesus. And because of that, I have faith that while I, I because of the evidence mm-hmm. that when I die I will be with him for eternity. No, that's exactly right. Yes, like, yes, that's exactly right. It's the difference between blind faith and evidential faith, right? Yes, yes. So I want to read uh, the the d- biblical definition of faith. This comes from the Pocket Theological or the the yeah Pocket Dictionary of Theological Terms, yeah. which is a really helpful book. But this is what they say: <clears throat> um, Faith is a biblical word that refers both to intellectual belief and to relational trust or commitment. The biblical authors generally do not make a distinction between faith as belief and faith as trust, but tend to see true faith as consisting of both what is believed, that God exists, that Jesus is Lord, and the personal commitment to, to the person who is trustworthy, reliable, and able to save. So that's, that's what we're talking about. So the reason I trust in Jesus is because I have good evidence that he's a trustworthy 
person that can do what he claims he can do. Yeah. That's that's where it comes down to. It's not wishful thinking. It's evidenced faith, right? I'm a Christian because the evidence leads to Christianity. The evidence leads to God exists. The evidence leads to this guy actually rose from the dead. And the cool thing about it is when we read scripture, we see example after example after example of Jesus calling us, calling his disciples to an evidential faith. Not yes. to just just trust me. He doesn't ever say just follow me. No, just no. just just dude, don't care about what I'm doing. Don't you know? Don't yeah, don't yeah. worry about that. Just blindly follow. Like, he never says. You're that. absolutely right. Everywhere that you see throughout the Gospels, whenever Jesus calls someone to follow him, mm-hmm. he provides evidence and gives them a reason to follow them. Yes, based off that evidence. Yes, which is very nice because yes. he's yes. showing that he's not only a nice guy. Mm-hmm. But he's trustworthy, and he actually has power to do something. Well, and think about it realistically for yourself, right? If you, in today's modern time, had some guy that came up to you and just said, hey, follow me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to teach you yeah. the ways of salvation or whatever. Uh, you'd think, <laughs> okay, you nutcase. Like, whatever. why should I follow you? What's different about you? Anybody yeah, yeah. can say those words. Exactly. And, and not only that. There were other people that were saying those words back there then. There were other Messiah figures who were saying that they were yeah, the, the chosen. Yeah, and, and yes. it happens. And so uh, that's the thing. you got to think, what was different about Jesus that people actually followed him? So if God wanted to get our attention, what are the things he'd have to do in order to set himself apart yes. from other people making these kinds of claims? Yes, what, what would convince you to follow this guy if you were back then? I'd have to have some extraordinary evidence. Yeah, I wouldn't follow this nutcase. I'm serious. I wouldn't follow I'm somebody serious. who just said, "Trust me for no reason." Yeah, I'd have it to s- happen. I'd show me a reason. Give me some. Give me something, right? Yes, yes. That that's exactly the key here, yep. and and so that's the difference that we're trying to yes. point out is that the disciples weren't following a blind faith. There was evidence, tons of evidence. Yeah, Jesus is okay with them expecting or wanting evidence. Yeah. So let's let's look at a couple of these. So this is interesting uh, to me. Jesus gives evidence that lead people to put their faith in him, all right? right. So this is John 10, 37. Uh, Jesus said, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. And then verse 38 and 39. But if I do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works so that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Therefore, they were seeking again to seize him, and he eluded their grasp. So Jesus says, listen, if you don't believe the words I'm saying, you can't spit in the face of the evidence I'm giving you. Look at the miracles I'm doing. Look at the works. It's interesting because a lot of times the miracles of Jesus are called signs. Yeah. What does that mean? They're a sign to something. It's an evidence for what? That he's not just some regular dude. Yes, yes. He was okay with giving evidence, right? John 14, 11, Jesus says the same thing. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Yes, believe he's not because saying of what I'm doing. He's not saying believe that the Father is in me and I am in the Father because I just told you. Because I say so. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah because I said so, right? Yeah. Back to that concept. It's, it, it's not like that. Nope, he's it's, gaining their trust. It's, hey, this is the reason because of the works themselves. Yes, that's, that's what the evidence that what I say is legit too. Yeah, yeah. Because anybody can say anything. Even going back to Mark chapter 2, and, and I know we've talked about this in different contexts on the show, but it's fascinating that people lower their paralytic friend through yes. the roof. Jesus looks at him and he says, your sins are forgiven, which only God has the prerogative to do right, because yeah. you can't forgive something that's not done 
to you, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can't forgive people for bad things they did to you. Yeah, You're right. the only person who can forgive yeah, them for those yeah. things. I, I'm not in that position. So the only person who can forgive people for sin is God because sin is crime against God. Right. So Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes get mad at him. And they say, who does this guy think he is? Like only God can forgive sins. And they're right. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus says, hey, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or pick up your mat and go home, you cripple. <laughs> and the truth of it is yeah. it's easier for anyone to say your sins are forgiven because there's no objective test to verify if the man's sins were actually forgiven yes you can just say it and go yep magic it's done la 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 well who how do we know his sins are forgiven and jesus says which is easier to say and he says but so that you will know that i do have the authority to forgive sins i.e so that you'll know I'm God. Pick up your mat and walk. Watch yeah. this. Pick up your mat and go home, you cripple. <laughs> and the guy is healed and picks. So Jesus is, is, yeah. is claiming, I the, the words I say are true, and I'm going to back it up with doing miracles yes. that yes. no one else does. Evidence. And well, you see that too throughout the example just in his entire lifetime. If you mm -hmm. notice, Jesus didn't start building a following and asking people to follow him until he started performing miracles. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He waited until he was ready. Yep. Until the time had come, until his time had come, as he said in scripture, mm -hmm. to perform the miracles so that way he can provide evidence for people to follow him. Yes, and that's exactly the key, yeah. Tyler. Now, of course, he was like teaching people before that. Yeah. But he didn't ask them to drop everything and, hey, come with nope. me and like completely and trust him. me. No, he didn't. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because. Uh, you can even say, like, you know, he was baptized first. Like, that was kind of, like, ground yes. zero for when his ministry starts. Then he goes away, and he's tempted, That's right. and then he comes back. But the the role of miracles in the life of Jesus was to verify or validate his message as true. Mm. Because if this guy is doing crazy stuff that no one else can do, like heal the blind and help lame people walk and heal lepers and raise people from the dead— Maybe we should listen to the things he's saying. That's the idea. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's the idea here. And so we have tons of examples of Jesus providing evidence to validate his message. Another one's with John the Baptist. You want to read uh, Luke 7, 18 through 23? Yeah, of course. It says, The disciples of John reported to him about these things. Uh, summoning two of his disciples, John sent them to the Lord saying, Are you the expected one, or do we look for someone else? When the men came to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, are you the expected one or do we look for someone else? At that very time, he cured many people with diseases and afflictions and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind. And he answered and said to them, go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who does not take offense at me. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. yeah. So the context, right? John uh, the Baptist is in jail, and he's about to have his head chopped off. Yes. Because he got sideways with some political leaders because he called out a guy on uh, marrying <laughs> his brother's wife, which is not good That's or right. kosher, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, it's very unkosher. Very unkosher. <laughs> So John is in prison awaiting his head to be chopped off because of this. And he's freaking out and he's doubting. And so he sends his disciples to Jesus to say, are you really the guy? Well, he's freaked out. He's freaking out. Yeah. This yeah. is the guy who says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now he's freaking out because... His faith is being tested. Yes. Yeah. His trust in Jesus is being tested. So his faith is getting shaky. 
Are you really the guy? He sends people to investigate. Right. Are you really the guy? And Jesus does not turn and say, come on, man, you're my cousin. Just trust me. Yeah. Just relax. Trust me. Like whenever you're in a movie and you see somebody say, hey, man, just trust me. It's always bad. Oh, no. Like you yeah, always yeah. go, don't trust him. <laughs> no. Like that's not good, right? Um, Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't say, come on, you know who I am. He doesn't say anything like that. He turns and starts healing people of all these ailments, and then yes. he quotes the Old Testament prophecies about what the Messiah would do yeah. to his disciples and says, go tell John that you're seeing me do the things prophesied about. Yes. The evidence is my works are validating that I am the expected Messiah. Yes, that's so true. So to build his faith, he gives him what? Evidence. evidence. Yeah, and that's the thing. You see Jesus in doing that is meeting him where he's at, right? Yes. He's seeing him in his vulnerable position, in his vulnerable state, where he's saying, help me out. I'm about to die for this. Yes. Please, please, please confirm for I me. I want to make sure. Like, yeah. And yeah, because I would do the same thing in that position. If you were, if you were, if your life was on the line yeah. for this and you're like, okay, look, I know that I'd been around him, I'd seen him, but like I, I just I really gotta be sure. Because it's about too to big of a deal to stake your life on. And and and, yeah. and religion is like whatever is real, we need to be trusting in because there is an eternity that's coming for all of us. Yes. So yes. I love that Jesus provides him evidence in his time of crisis. Now there's another guy mm-hmm. who doesn't have trust in the claims of his friends. Yeah. yeah. But Jesus comes and provides evidence and that compels this guy to believe or to put his faith in Jesus, right? Yes, that's And that's, right. that's with the disciple Thomas. I want to read this uh, to you guys. This comes from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. It says, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Mm. That's believe, it's interesting. Uh, so in Greek, uh, the word believe and faith have the same root word. Pistis, faith, pistuo is believe. Right. So he's saying, I'm not placing my faith in what you're saying unless I have evidence that yeah. I touch, empirical evidence, right? After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came uh, through uh, the doors having been shut and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands, and reach here your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving but believing. Hmm. Thomas answered to him, and he said, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believe. Now, this is a fascinating statement of Jesus. He says, here's the evidence. Come and check it out. And then stop doubting. Stop having unbelief. Have faith. Have belief. In light of the evidence I'm providing you. Yes, yes. So this is awesome, right? And then this is where people get a little off off kilter and they say, oh, that guy, he was a bad guy. And and he's not a bad guy. Yeah. I think he's the only smart guy that, that was there. Like he's hanging out with fishermen and they always tell fish stories, right? Like yeah, they always right. exaggerate yeah, the like truth. The, the, the fish gets bigger every time you every tell time. it. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, Peter, calm down, man. Like, I, I don't know if I can buy this. It's, it's too big of a deal just to trust you jokers with. Yeah. Right? And so I'm not believing unless I see the dude myself. Jesus shows up with evidence. Thomas believes. Thomas goes on to be a great missionary. Church history says he went to India and he planted churches. It's awesome. But then Jesus says something where he says, because you have seen me, have you believed? 
blessed are they who do not see and yet believe. Right. So that would be me and you because I haven't seen the risen Jesus. Yeah, and we, we haven't actually physically seen the miracles that he did. No, no. But right. here's, here's, here's where people get off base. Some people read that and say, see, we don't need evidence. We'll be more blessed if we don't have evidence and we just blindly follow. Yes, I, I've heard that so much. And, and now the, the part where they're getting at, and they're like, I understand what they're trying to say. They're trying to say like, hey, God is going to bless you for your trust in him and in, mm-hmm. in, in just having the faith. But the thing is, that's there's a lot of inconsistency in that worldview because you're you're not going off of what Jesus provided for us. No. Jesus wanted us to believe in an evidential faith. He didn't want us to just believe blindly well, that this that, happened. And that's that's the mistake they're making with this passage. Yes. They're saying, see, Jesus is chastising Thomas because he wanted to see Jesus. And we're blessed if we don't see Jesus, but they equate not seeing Jesus with having no evidence. And listen, there's a big difference between having evidence and not seeing Jesus. They're not the same thing. We have a ton of evidence that isn't seeing Jesus. I'm not a Christian because I've seen Jesus. I'm a Christian because there's tons of other evidences for his existence, for his death and crucifixion, and for his resurrection. Yes, you are absolutely right. And then another misconception I would say, too, about this passage is if you really look at it, he says, because you have seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. He doesn't say, "Cursed are you for not believing." No, in he me. doesn't. Like he doesn't, or he doesn't say, uh, "Like like you aren't blessed." No, these people are. Like like he doesn't go to either extreme. He like honestly, Thomas was blessed because he got to see the risen Jesus. Yes, and he's just making a statement that blessed are people who don't see yet believe. He's pointing and, out. He's like, "Yeah, people are not going to see this. Yes. What you saw, so they are blessed." Yep. And yeah. earlier in John, in chapter seventeen, with the high priestly prayer, Jesus is praying that uh, he prays for us. He prays for those who will believe based on the testimony of Thomas. Yes. It's interesting. So based on the evidence that these guys had who go out and tell other people and explain and show evidence and die for their faith, which you wouldn't die for a lie and all those kinds of things, uh, then we get blessed because of the evidence that they had. And and you want to make an argument to me that Thomas wasn't blessed for this, and yet we're still talking about him today, right now, like 2,000 years later. Uh, This guy is going to go in the list of of the few people who were around Jesus in his time who had faith and they had the courage and the confidence to go and spread that. Yep. And he gets to see the resurrected Jesus, yes. which is not not the majority of the no. world, not even the majority of people alive at the time. So I think that's yes. interesting. Now, it's really interesting to pair that story with the very next two verses in John. Right. Okay. So Jesus just risen from the dead. He brings evidence and shows Thomas. Thomas believes. Blessed are they who don't see and yet believe. The very next statement is the purpose statement. This is the thesis statement of the Gospel of John. Yes. Okay? And Tyler, read it, and let's dissect what it says. Yes, it says, Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Okay. Purpose statement. Look, Jesus did a whole bunch of other signs, miracles, right? Evidence, um, which I didn't write down. But I wrote this stuff down. I wrote these miracles. I wrote these signs. I wrote these works down. Why? So that you can believe in his name. Yes. Yeah. I want you to trust 
and have faith, believe in Jesus based on the evidence I'm giving you of the yes. crazy miracles this guy did so that you can have eternal life. Yeah, and what's beautiful about the way that, that for the miracles that, that he did choose mm-hmm. to write about in his gospel, mm-hmm. they were tactful in the way he did it. To, po- to point out the, the message in the, that Jesus was attaching yeah. to the signs and the miracles. Yes. Not just because he could have probably have listed off like, like chances are he didn't witness every single one of them. I mean, it's likely he did. Yeah. John, I think, witnessed a lot of them, but he didn't witness every miracle Jesus ever did. Yeah, sure. sure. And so so the, the fact is, is that he could have written out, just made a list of mm-hmm. like every single one that he knew of that he had done. Yeah. But he didn't do that. And I think the reason why is because he chose enough out of the signs and miracles that Jesus performed that mm-hmm. provided the message that was there that we needed to believe in his name and trust in him yeah. based off of the evidence provided. Yeah, I mean, if you think about yes. it, so the whole book of John starts off with, you know, uh, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, yeah. gets into John the Baptist, gets into Jesus' baptism. Nic- uh, Nicodemus comes to meet Jesus in John chapter 3. That's right. Right? And he tells him all this stuff. You got to be born again. You got to be born from above. You got to be born of spirit and water, right? And Jesus talks about if you have the Son, you have life. Believe in me. He has me. He has life. He, eternal life. God so loved the world. He sent the Son, right? Yeah, yeah. To give eternal life. So Jesus is saying all of these crazy statements about eternal life if you trust in him. Why should I trust you? Yeah. Okay, here's a bunch of miracles he did that show he's very trustworthy and he's significant and he's worth listening to. So again, the miracles validate the message. Yes. The miracles validate the message. Obviously, the biggest miracle being the resurrection. And this is what I think is great. Jesus tells yeah. the Pharisees and Sadducees, because they ask for a sign. Show us your sign. Show us the sign you're the Messiah. Yeah. And Jesus says what? I'm not showing you anything except for one. The sign of Jonah. Remember? Yes, the I sign do of Jonah. That. Just as Jonah was in the belly of the beast for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man, right? Jesus mm-hmm. saying, so will I be in the earth three days and three nights, and I'm coming out. So what is the miraculous evidence Jesus tells them he's going to leave them with? The resurrection. The resurrection. There yes. we go. Do we have evidence for the resurrection? Yes, we do. Do yes. we live in a wicked yes. and adulterous generation? Probably, (laughs) right? Like, so Jesus is saying, look, everything hinges on the resurrection. And that is what John's just ended with. And and the thing is, I think that if you want to have faith in being resurrected or having eternal life, you should put your faith in the person who was resurrected. Yeah, it only makes sense. Who showed, hey, I did it. I'm going to do that. Come back and I'm going to do this for you. Dude, okay, this is a perfect example of what you're saying. I've been hiking a lot lately, and I've been yeah. watching these crazy shows on Amazon about um, Mount Everest. Yeah, yeah. And it's insane. And you gotta, you got to like a 12-day hike before you get to the base, and then you got to acclimatize and get your uh, red blood cells right because it's so high up. And it's, it's like a three-month endeavor. It's, oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Everybody on this show I've been watching, all these different teams, they take people who've done it before. Yeah, because you would want to go with somebody who who's done it before, who's proven they can do it, and knows what they're doing. You need well, somebody yeah. who can guide you. People, you don't want to get up there and get lost and no. like something terrible happen to you. Yeah. So exactly what you said is crazy because it, it's true. Because it's crazy to me that there are so many people who are believing um, the claims of men who who have no credentials 
to explain to us what the afterlife is like. Muhammad, he didn't know what the afterlife was like. He didn't die and come back and tell us. Yeah. Buddha didn't die and come back and tell us what it was like. Jesus did. Yes. And he yes. said, I can, if I can raise myself from the dead, then I can raise you from the dead. Yeah. It's a, it, it is God's stamp of approval on this guy's message is legit because he did something no one else has ever done. Therefore, we are placing our faith in something that has tremendous evidence, not yes. blindly hoping fairy tales are true. Well, and not only that, like with not just the resurrection, but with all the other miracles that Jesus yeah. did, it just shows you what heaven's going to be like because he has the power to make that happen mm -hmm. for us, right? Yes. So, so if you're a cripple and you die, he's not going to resurrect you as a cripple. No. Right? You're going to be healed because he can do it. Yes, exactly. And so that's, that's the beauty of what Jesus's miracles were showing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like purely of the evidence, hey, I'm God and you should trust me. It was also to provide further evidence of saying, look, this is going to happen to you too. Yeah, think about like what what you're what you're getting at is yeah. he's showing I can save you. Yes, from yes. blindness. I can save you from skin disease. I can save you from being a paralytic. Yeah. That's what he's saying. That is I, what he's I saying. I can save you. That's exactly what he's yeah. saying. I can save you from mental illness. I yep. can save you demons. From, from demons. Yeah. yeah. I can save like he can save you from hunger. I can right? save you from death. From death. He, he resurrects one. three different people before he resurrects himself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, so he's validating, I can save you, so trust me. Yes. And, and, <laughs> it's just astounding. And that gives us an idea of what heaven's going to be like because yes. he showed us that he can do it. He's going to restore us to what it should have been. Yes. He's going to fix everything. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I agree. And so th the big point today is, as Christians, we don't have a blind faith. The, our, our show is all about apologetics. Apologetics yeah, is a defense yeah. for the faith through reason and through evidence. We don't trust things blindly. We think through them. We look into them. We seek out evidence. And we go wherever mm. the best evidence leads. Yes. And it leads. All roads lead to Christianity. Like, it is the truth. And a lot of people are misplacing their faith in things that don't have good evidence. Yes. Mormonism so has so much bad evidence. Yeah. And a lack of evidence. And it is not something worth trusting in. And yet so many people are blindly trusting it. Yeah. Right? That's the right. The same with Jehovah's Witness. The same with Islam. Now, some may be a little more valid than others. Sure. But none sure. of them have the evidential power of Christianity. No. Like no. not even close. And so that's why our show exists. That's why Christian apologetics is a huge thing right now because there's so much evidence for it. Yes. There's so much evidence for it. And yes, so and you see like the, the apologetics idea and like what we're doing here, like, like it's growing. The movement's growing. Mm -hmm. People are wanting to learn more about this because yes. there's so much out there yep and it's intriguing it's like as soon as you get hooked on learning about it you just want to keep going back for more and like filling yeah. up and learning because and you're like and now that's a good point because what is yeah. it doing to your faith it's giving you confidence it's giving yes. you trust right yes it's growing your faith right remember there's that passage where that man jesus says do you believe me and he says i believe Help my unbelief. Yes, yes. So yes, I do believe, but man, I'd really like to grow in that faith. Yeah, yeah. And our faith can grow. Our trust in Jesus, just like my trust in my wife, my trust in you, can grow based yeah. on our relationship, based on seeing evidence that you're a trustworthy person. Right, yeah. My, evident, my, my faith in Jesus can grow. 
as mm. I walk with him, as I discover more evidence, as I see that he is faithful, he is somebody worth trusting in. Yes. And, and so that's what yeah. you're getting at. Faith can grow. Of course. And I mean, that's that's our whole goal as a podcast too. Our, our main slogan that we say a lot is we want to equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Yep. And, and that's that's the whole idea of what we're doing here. We want you to be benefited through what we're talking about because we have evidence, right? We're sharing the evidence of why you can believe Jesus because he died and rose again, because he healed the blind, because yep. he healed the lepers, like, like because he proved who he said he was, Yep. right? And so... The, Hopefully this has been an encouragement for you. I know certainly it has been for me and uh, Robbie just constantly getting to talk about this every week. Yeah, um, It's super nice and comforting to know that like, unlike what Richard Dawkins is claiming, we don't believe in a faith that doesn't have evidence. We believe in an evidential faith, yes. one that we can fully put our trust in because of reason. Yes. That's huge. It is huge. It's important. And it is what we as Christians should be seeking out. We have a robust knowledge history in yes. Christianity. It's not it's not wishful thinking. It's not fairy tales. It's not mythology. It's the true story. It's the true myth, mm. some people say. Yeah. It's the real yeah. thing. And there's evidence in so many different spheres of life. And that's why apologetics is neat because um, it is a, a a practice of building your faith so you can tell other people about it and you can grow in your faith, right? Yes, and, and, so true. And, and apologetics is neat because it's interdisciplinary. I was talking with my class on Sunday about this. Um, apologetics is defending the faith, and we do it in all spheres of life. Mm-hmm. We do it through yeah. science, through philosophy, through archaeology, right? Through uh, manuscripts, through theology, through anthropology, culture, yes. We can do it in all spheres because if the God of the Bible is true, it all should make sense together. And there should be evidence in all of those areas. And the crazy thing is there are. Yes. There really so are. True. So I want to encourage you, if, if, if you're struggling with your, with your faith, if you're in a John the Baptist type scenario, yeah. don't just sit in your cell and fester in your worry. Right. Yeah. Send someone, get a lifeline, get anybody uh, and to help you start to investigate the doubt you're having. Yeah. Because if you look into it, you will find evidence. Yes. Jesus yes. provides evidence, not just for John the Baptist, but he provides evidence for us today. He has left copious amounts of it. It's, 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 it's immense. So please don't just sit and worry yourself to death. Doubt your doubts and go seek out the evidence that's out there for them. I I really, Christianity is amazing because we have an evidential faith, not a wishful thinking hope. Yeah, and that's that's really comforting that we have that. It is. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And as always, uh, please go ahead and... Uh, rate us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Give us if you could give us a review. That would help us out a ton. So that way we can uh, boost our podcast for other people to see the evidence that there is for Jesus out there. Right, that we're sharing. And also, if you want to follow us on social media, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and now Twitter. We are on YouTube. For those of you who might not know that, uh, please go on and subscribe. We are posting content for the podcast on there uh, weekly. Uh, in video form, obviously, and if that's more your style, if you are a visual learner rather than the audio. Mm-hmm. But again, as always, thank you so much for being with us today on Christ Culture and Coffee. We will see you guys next week as we continue to talk about faith and reason.
Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.